Welcome to the Irish Sooner. I'm Jalen Posey. And I'm John Opila. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Sooner. And there you can stay up to date on all of our current and future content, featured guests and friends of the show, and college football analysis. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Now with that being said, let's get it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Irish Sooners, JP. And Opie, JP, how's your week been so far? It's been good, man. It's been good. Um, you know, school side, we've been we've been dealing with some, uh, been busting some heads for some um, infractions, if you will. But besides that, it's been it's been it's been fine. You know, still waiting on this election to to just be over, to be honest. But no, here we are. Here we are. But, you know, the perks of working in education, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Neither of us really planned on seeing each other today or uh, recording an episode today. But, boy, are we glad we did. We actually just finished up an interview with Ryan Harris. He used to play football for the University of Notre Dame. Also played 10 years in the NFL. Jay, any thoughts on it before we kind of get into that interview? Uh, no, it was a, it was definitely some great insight, especially for our Notre Dame fans out there, but even non-Notre Dame fans, just to hear uh, Ryan and his journey, uh, where he's been, um, just he got great, great analysis of, of Notre Dame and kind of how they're different this year from, you know, maybe typical Notre Dame teams. And um, he even gave us a great paid Manning story that you'll have to listen to to find out what. So it was it's, it's a great time. He did indeed. So with that being said, I think, like Jay said, you guys are going to really enjoy this for both the Oklahoma and Notre Dame fans. It's a very insightful look at this weekend's matchup between number one Clemson and number one or number four Notre Dame. So with that being said, roll the interview. All righty. So with us today, we have Ryan Harris, graduate of the University of Notre Dame with two degrees, one in economics and policy, the other in political science. 10-year NFL vet and Super Bowl 50 champion with the Denver Broncos, author of Mindset of Mastery, NFL Champions Guide to Reaching Your Greatness, co-host of the Harris, Hastings, and Dover show on Altitude Sports Radio, radio analyst for Notre Dame football, international speaker, and most importantly, a husband and dad. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're a very busy man, and it's a crazy time in American history. So, hey, great to be here, John and Jalen. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Of course. So let's get right into it. I know you were very heavily recruited all throughout the process. What kind of flipped that switch for you that made you want to come to Notre Dame and spend four years in South Bend? Uh, well, one, my parents said I couldn't go to Miami. That was, uh, that was the beginning of it. But, um, you know, really the beginning, when I, when I took an unofficial visit to Notre Dame, Still have not met this person to this day, but they beat Michigan at Notre Dame. And while I'm on the field, you know, 17 years old, so this, this older gentleman, middle-aged guy, taps me on the shoulder. He says, I know who you are. I know why you're here. And when you come to Notre Dame, you're more than a number. You're part of the family. And I was like, whoa. And he just walked away. And I also noticed that when I talked about my top five, you know, that, you know, it was my, uh, Notre Dame, Miami, Michigan, Stanford, USC. Uh, that people were always like, oh, Notre Dame. 
And I was like, well, I mean, did you hear Stanford and, you know, USC and Michigan? So um, there were things, there were things like that that just gave me a push. And then I was, I wanted the challenge to succeed in the classroom. Uh, I want to compete at everything I do. And if I'm going to go to school, I want to go to school and I want to go to the best school. If I'm going to, if I'm going to play football, I want to play on the best team against the best competition. I'm not afraid of that moment. And that's what's unique about Notre Dame graduates and Notre Dame athletes, which are typically 98% graduates, is that you can go to the Alabamas, Michigans, USC's, but you choose to come to Notre Dame to create a better future for your family, not just yourself. Awesome. So I know you just mentioned wanting to be the best and play with the best and compete against the best. Obviously, huge week for Notre Dame with the best number one Clemson in town. Um, we were both in Arlington for the last time these two teams matched up. What do you see that might be a little different from the last time these two teams faced off in the 2018 Cotton Bowl? Well, two big differences everyone's going to see is, one, Notre Dame's defense is incredible. I mean, Clark Lee has held 31 of 32 opponents to under 30 points. Um, I believe they've allowed two touchdowns in the last three games. And they have the best linebacker in the country in Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and the best safety in the country in Kyle Hamilton, who's just a sophomore. Um, that's not even speaking to Dalen Hayes, a, a graduate who's on the team, who they call Coach Hayes because he's been around for so long. Um, but he's really uh, – he had two sacks last week um, in, in Atlanta against Georgia, against, yeah, against Georgia Tech. And, and, and one of the things that – talking with Clark Lee, he wants his guys to understand why they're calling things defensively. And he simplified their, their scheme to allow guys to play faster and has really found a response specifically this year. And then number two, Notre Dame has the best offensive line and best run game in the entire college football landscape. Sure, there may be other teams who have more yards. They're averaging 260 yards per game rushing. They went against the number one rush defense in Pittsburgh and still had 120 yards rushing. They have three first-round picks on that offensive line. And Kyron Williams is a fantastic running back. Chris Tyree has speed Notre Dame hasn't seen at that running back position for two, three decades. So their offense is completely run dominant. And that's something when I watch the film, Clemson leaves a, a lot of toughness and, and stoutness in that middle of the defense that they're used to having, that fans are used to seeing. That's just not there this year. They have a freshman starting at the three technique. That's tough. I don't care how good that freshman is, especially when you consider he's going against future NFL players as it is O-line you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I know that run game in the Cotton Bowl was a little sluggish for Notre Dame. Couldn't really get it going and made Ian Book have to go through, or not, excuse me, Brandon Wimbush have to go through the air constantly in that game. So, yeah, it's going to be a different, definitely going to be a different game this year. And Ian Book still has to play well, but listen, he's getting the ball off in about two and a half seconds uh, on his passes. And he's really developed the chemistry between Ben Skoranek, transfer from Northwestern and uh, also Javon McKinley. So he's, he's been, Michael Mayer is, I mean, from, from tight end U and O-line U, I mean, Michael Mayer is the first, freshman to catch a touchdown pass since Kyle Rudolph in 2008 and Michael Mayer reminds me of a Rob Gronkowski he's a freshman he just gets better every week out of Kentucky and he's going to put on a show Saturday night absolutely no this this group of tight ends is impressive and they keep getting better every week um last time a number one team came to South Bend you were on the field it was back in 2005 in USC I've heard a lot of people drawing comparisons to that game into this weekend do you, as someone who was in that game, see any sort of resemblance to that? Or, like, what would you say differentiates the two? Obviously, USC is a huge rivalry game that everybody circles on the calendar each year. Yeah, I believe that people understand Notre Dame's defense is far better, you know, and, and, 
and can compete at a higher level. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time, that's why you go to Notre Dame. You want to play the number one team. It doesn't right. matter where it is. And, you know, there's no, no school that's more prepared, has prepared its athletes more for championship moments than Notre Dame. You're expected to be great at Notre Dame. You want to fulfill your potential, you better match the tradition and history of success. And one of the things I know, too, from playing in these games, it's going to be important for Notre Dame, and, and I'm going for Notre Dame here, so it stands for Clemson, too. But you have to play fast in games like this. It's so easy to think about the game that other people are watching. You've got to play the game that you're in. And that may sound, you know, like common sense, but, you know, common sense is rare these days, and it maybe has been rare always. But playing fast plays you through your nerves, through your excitement, and allows you to depend on your preparation and instinct, and that's how you win big games. Absolutely. So going off of that, I heard Coach Kelly yesterday in his press conference, or two days ago, said that even if they go all in on this game for Clemson and expound all their resources, Boston College is still waiting right around the corner. Nobody in the country should know Clark Lee's defense better than the man under center for Boston College and Phil Dracovic, who just spent two years as a backup quarterback here. Do you see that Boston College game potentially being problematic if Notre Dame survives Clemson here and escapes with a win? I do not. And I cannot put into words how effective a dominant run game is for an offense. Just to give you an example, if I put you, John, on your tail three out of the first ten plays of the game, when I'm coming after you for that 11th play, you're going to start making business decisions. I mean, you can only get ran over so many times before you change as a man. Right. And everybody has that kind of a plan. And, and one of the things that I love about how Tommy Reese is calling games, they might get one or two yards to start in rushing in the first couple series. Well, then they're going to get a 30-yard gain and a 15-yard gain. And pretty soon, between wide runs, tight runs, trap runs, all these things, pretty soon you got four or five guys who've gotten rolled over four or five times and oh by the way they got to go out for the second quarter so that's the that's the kind of effect that Notre Dame has had on all of its opponents this season which is why they're undefeated and number four team in the country I absolutely agree with what you said there uh Jalen do you have anything yeah uh again thank you Ryan so much for for coming on with us man it means means the world um so yeah. if you don't know about me I'm I'm a lifelong Oklahoma fan uh parents are from there mom went there my sister is currently a freshman running track there nice. um so you know that that hence the name the irish sooner our podcast that we do uh but i guess one of my questions for you is obviously notre dame and oklahoma are both right now kind of seen as, as dormant blue blood programs who you know when they get to the big stage flop so from a outsider's perspective what would you tell people that are saying, oh, well, how is this Notre Dame team any different than the ones from the past? Uh, and that's a great question. I'll, I'll take you to one conversation Coach Kelly and I had. And, you know, I said, Coach, what did you learn from the national championship game? He said, you know, I learned that we were not as deep as Alabama, that we just didn't have the depth at every position that Alabama had. And he went out and he recruited and he made a – he redoubled his efforts recruiting. And they've had great recruiting classes that has now shown on the field. So Coach Kelly understood not just that it's the plays in the game, but it's also the players and the depth that you have, whether that's special teams, whether that's putting in a, a defensive line. Notre Dame's had 19 defensive linemen play over 10 snaps this season. That means they're rotating guys in and out. Multiple freshmen are getting opportunities. They are fresh. 
They are talented and they have depth, a very different landscape than they were even just two years ago. Yeah, no, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I know that, you know, in my conversations with my Oklahoma colleagues, uh, we, we felt the same way. You know, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, the LSUs of last year and Clemson's and um, Georgia's, you know, that, that it was, the difference was the talent. Um, and you know, it takes time to build that depth. And so uh, I, w- I would agree. And I told, I even told Obi this, I've been very impressed with Notre Dame this year. Um, I think that you guys definitely have a great chance to, to go. Uh, my my second question, probably last question, uh, no, I want to be sensitive to your time, but I, I also was born and raised in Indianapolis, so I'm a huge Indianapolis Colts fan, and I uh, can't help but notice, obviously, that you won Super Bowl 50 with my boy Peyton. Um, yeah. So if you have a – do you have like a crazy or just even regular Peyton Manning story you could tell us and the listeners? Yeah, I mean – the greats worked so hard. I remember I was in the weight room um, and quarterbacks, if, if people don't know, like, you know, you lift with your group, right? So linemen lift together, quarterbacks, things. So we're doing a, a workout and there's a bench press in that workout where one person's benching, the other person's spotting, the other one can rest. And after jumping off the bench press, you know, Peyton Manning jumped up and was practicing fumbled snaps in the weight room. Fumble, like, you know, like a rolling snap from the shotgun in the weight room in between spotting the next person and also lifting himself. And that kind of work ethic, showing up. He would show up every morning for the 7 a.m. lift in his workout clothes already. He's ready to go. And, he, and he'd kind of yeah. wait till some people came in and he'd jump out of his car and go lift. So the people, what people, I believe, miss is that to be excellent, to reach your greatness, you do have to put in work. And it's detailed work. It's practicing the little things that make a huge difference when you do encounter them in a game or in life. And Peyton Manning is one of the hardest working players I ever played with. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll say, Jay, if you haven't read Ryan's book, it is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And it challenged me a lot as I read through it. So, Ryan, thank you for putting that together. And, Jay, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to go ahead and just say thank you to Ryan for joining us again. Thank you for being on the show. We'd love to have you back some other point or wherever you'd like to join us. Yeah, always, and keep up the great work, guys. Keep reaching out. Keep reaching for your dreams. Go Irish. All right. Go Irish. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Well, guys, that was our interview with Super Bowl 50 champion Ryan Harris. Uh, Jay, I know I really got a lot out of that, and I think you did too. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited that in the next little bit, we're going to start getting more and more guests on. So – I think both of us are very excited and looking forward to that. And I think it's something our listeners should also be looking forward to. So if some of these ones that we keep lining up slowly but surely start falling into place, I think our guests are going to be in some good coverage over the next couple months. Indeed they will be. Indeed they will. Yeah, it was a great, great time. Um, Great time talking to them. And, uh, yeah, just like we said, stay tuned, man, because we're working hard for you guys. Uh, trying to make sure that you guys just get to hear more than just our voices all every time. You know, you guys love us, but you, know, <laughs> you try to get some other people's voices in here too. So I would say you can only listen to the two of us for so long. Facts. But have any final thoughts going into the weekend here? Nope. Just like we left it uh, on our last episode. I think that, um, you know, Notre Dame's going to have a shot to really show 
that they're up to the task and, and really they're going to have more of a shot than maybe some would say they would have had with Trevor Lawrence out. You know, he's going to be Coach Lawrence on the sideline, like Devil Sweeney said. But, again, don't overlook DJ Ugulele. Uh, however, um, be prepared to really go into that game focused, and I think that Notre Dame might be able to come up with a dub. So I don't know how Trevor Lawrence can be positive for COVID and still be standing on the sidelines. Lawrence makes no sense. But, you know, that's for people who get paid way more than we do to yeah. figure out. But uh, like I said in our last preview episode, I'm not convinced that he's fully out of this game until the clock says triple zeros in the fourth quarter and he's not on the field. So I think at any moment, like I said, we can get a Bobby Boucher moment. But anyways, with that being said, go Irish. And Boomer Sooner.